0: A very, very good morning to you. We're doing a series. Our pastor Andrew was away just for a few weeks, a well deserved holiday. And I'm filling in this morning a, a wonderful passage that's touched my heart. Jesus declares himself to be God. A lot of people, particularly Christians, have this question Is he really God? He was. He is. Next week, uh, Luke will be here. The following week, Graeme is going to share with us. And then there's going to be a second return. Mark Dallywater. Mark is going to be here with us to complete the series. Interestingly, I shared a very similar message on Rima only a few weeks ago. And when Andrew gave me the passage, I said, hmm, I'd been preaching from Luke. This was from Mark, but it's exactly the same passage. And uh, I was touched by it back then, and I'm still very much touched by the message this morning. Lord, this is your word. it takes the work of the Holy Spirit to help us to understand clearly who you were and to understand that we can be forgiven of our sins in Christ because of his death on the cross in our place. And the Holy Spirit comes to live within these earthen vessels. And Lord, you lovingly begin to show us what reality is really all about. You are real. We are sinful human beings that desperately need to be transformed. And worked over by the Holy Spirit. Father, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. God, Jesus declares himself to be God. They're beautiful words. If nothing else, I pray you'll remember those words this morning. We learnt last week, Mark's Gospel was written by John Mark. Possibly between A.D. 59 and A.D. 65. I believe is one of the very first Gospels written. John Mark is mentioned several times in the book of Acts. Since Peter called Mark my son, see 1 Peter 5.13, it's probably that it was Peter who led Mark, to faith in Jesus Christ. Mark's Gospel is filled with stories of the miracles of Jesus, illustrating again and again his power and authority to heal. The emphasis of our message this morning is that Jesus heals. That was the task that Andrew gave to me. Let us begin by briefly reviewing The healing ministry of Jesus in the earlier parts of Mark chapter 1. Jesus had been ministering in the province of Galilee. So Galilee is a province. It's north of Jerusalem. And it's where he did much, much of his ministry work. He called his 12 apostles to follow him at this time. In Mark one twenty-one, we are told that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. I'll put a box around Capernaum for you. Is that visible? Way back there? Yeah, there's Capernaum. It was the hometown of the apostles Simon and Peter, who were fishermen. As you can see, it was on the shore of Galilee. Capernaum is approximately, there's Nazareth. Capernaum is approximately 32 kilometres northeast of Nazareth, Jesus' hometown, in the province of Galilee. So that's where he was. He was in Capernaum, and this is where these events occurred. Jesus offended the religious authorities by healing a man on the Sabbath day. What? That was a definite no no. You don't do things like that, do you? Hadn't Jesus read the law? And didn't he know that he was not allowed to work on the Sabbath? He couldn't possibly be the Messiah. Wasn't he the son of Mary and Joseph from Nazareth? Instead, Jesus amazingly cast out an evil spirit from the man in the synagogue. Mark 26, we read these words. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit... Called out. Why are you interfering with us? These are the evil spirits. Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. The Holy One of God. The demons knew who he was. But Jesus reprimanded. The evil spirit, be quiet, come out of this man, he ordered. At that, the evil spirit screamed threw the man into a convulsion and then came out of him. Something we don't see, do we, in our society. Living in the Solomon Islands for a couple of years, we saw this. They have a very strong... Knowledge, feeling of evil spirits. In fact, they can say, you will die because of Vele. Velay was the name of the evil spirit. You know what? They would die. They believed the evil spirit had that power. The evil spirits knew who Jesus was. They knew that he was the Messiah, the Holy One of God. Do you realise that there is a powerful... Unseen world of demons and evil spirits that are active about us. One of the challenges of preaching, for example, or even ministry, the enemy is very active. <laughs> he would not want me to be here this morning sharing these wonderful truths from the Word of God. And I've had a pretty difficult week, <laughs> but it is the enemy. Notice the devastating effect the demon was having on the man causing a convulsion. There he is. With authority, Jesus reprimanded the evil spirit and cast it out of the man. Even the evil spirit obeyed Jesus' words. The man would have been delighted, have it been set free (laughs) from the overpowering, destructive control of a demon in his life. Wouldn't that be a wonderful time in his life? Being with that for year after year after year. As a result of these actions, the everyday people present in the synagogue were excited and amazed. What sort of new teaching is this? They exclaim, Jesus has such authority that even evil spirits obey his orders. Do you know Jesus in that way? Who was he? Was he really the promised Messiah after all? Do you and I begin to understand truly who Jesus was? He came down from heaven itself to be the saviour of the world. He had the power and authority over all creation. Nothing was impossible for him. Jesus left the synagogue and went to stay in the home of Simon and Andrew in Capernaum. See Mark one twenty nine. Whilst there, she did a very loving thing. He healed Simon's mother, in law of a high fever. Remember that story? After the fever had left her, she prepared a Sabbath meal for them. Very simple event. The Sabbath day ended at sunset around 6 p.m., The common people who were sick and demon-possessed were then brought to Jesus to be healed. They were honouring the Sabbath. They waited until after 6pm. Indeed, the whole town gathered at the door to watch. Without any hesitation, Jesus healed many people who had come to him. He continued to cast out demons, but ordered them not to tell anyone who he was. Jesus had power over these demons. Do you truly believe that Jesus was the Son of God? That's who he is. Who humbly lived under the authority of his heavenly Father. He always did that which his Father in heaven directed him to do. Whilst on earth, he had the power and authority over sickness and over demons. What a wonderful, wonderful Saviour. That's just the introduction. Jesus cleansed a man with advanced leprosy, part that Mark read out this morning. Mark 1, 40 to 45, recorded the story of Jesus cleansing a leper. This story is also found in Luke 5, (laughs) which I shared on Rema 12 to 16. Got your Bible there? I know you people are following in the word of God. Turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 40. The first thing we're going to see is that Jesus is able to cleanse. Most translations call this man's affliction leprosy, a terrible disease. I think it's curable today. I think they do have medication where they can cure a leper. Yeah. Yeah. However, this can be misleading. This word is used to refer to all kinds of skin diseases. Unfortunately, when talking about leprosy, we only think about Hansen's disease. That was new to me. But Hansen's disease is a common term for leprosy, where the skin turns white and extremities begin to fall off. But a reading of Leviticus chapter 13 and 14 reveals that a variety of skin diseases are in view that causes a person to be unclean. We should not imagine that the person who came to Jesus has Hansen's disease. However, notice the emphasis that is given to the severity of his condition. If you go to Luke 5.12, it says he is full of leprosy, all over him, whole body. This means he had a serious skin disease all over him. Whatever this this skin disease is, this man is in very bad shape. He had to go around unclean, 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 so people would avoid him at all costs. Further, this man was excluded from society. You're not welcome. We almost treat people with COVID the same way. Please be so careful here. Notice the command in the Old Testament given to a person in this condition. Let's go to Leviticus 13, 45, 46. This wasn't a good translation, but there's a slide that I came across. Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare. And he shall cover his moustache, I mean moustache means lip, and cry unclean, unclean, he shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp that terrible totally isolated from society because of the leprosy this is important to understand because we're reading about the bravery and faith of this man to approach jesus in this condition he decided against all the rules of society he would approach Jesus. Why did he do that? Imagine the man, as he is approaching Jesus, is covering his mouth while shouting, unclean, unclean. What did Jesus see in this man? Faith. If you truly believe these wonderful truths, please, by faith, approached Jesus and sought it out. This man must have heard about the healing Jesus was doing. He was being ostracised by crowds of people around him. Look at the heart of this man. But he bravely approached Jesus. Whoops, go back one and knelt in front of him and begged him. Do you and I do that? We need to. Lord, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Lord, if you are willing, you can forgive my sins that so control my life And make me clean. Interestingly, the man called Jesus Lord. Do you call him Lord? We need to. He is Lord, isn't he? There is certainly no doubt in his mind that Jesus has power to heal him. The only question is if Jesus is willing. Now we need to be surprised at what Jesus does. We know by reading the other miracles of Jesus that Jesus could have simply said the word and this man would have been healed and his severe skin disease be healed. He would have been healed, wouldn't he? But what did Jesus do? Jesus does something he did not have to do. Jesus touched the man. What? He touched him. He reached out and he touched him. We should be screaming in our minds. What are you doing? You are going to be defiled. How dare you associate with that group of people? You are going to catch this disease. You will be unclean. That is Christ. That's the way he treats you and I. We are unclean, aren't we? We need to be made clean. But that is not what happens. As Mark is clear to point out, rather than Jesus becoming unclean, the leper becomes clean. Jesus reaches out his hand, touches him and said, I am willing be healed. Aren't they beautiful words? I am willing to be healed. It's that simple, guys. Coming to God through faith in Christ. We're the hard nut that's got to be cracked. <laughs> Immediately the disease left the man and he was healed because of his faith in Christ. God looks for faith. Jesus looks for faith. Do you really believe? He doesn't want religious ceremonies. He wants faith. Do you truly believe he is who he is and he can do what he says? Jesus then instructed the man to go to the Jewish priest along with an offering as required by the law of Moses who would pronounce him clean and he would be allowed to live and function in the nation again no longer ostracised. Beautiful. I'm clean, I'm clean! (laughs) Jesus also instructed the man not to reveal who had healed him. Jesus tells him, don't tell anyone about this. What would have you done? (laughs) But the cleansed leper became an enthusiastic witness for the Lord. (laughs) Because of this witness, great crowds came to Jesus for help. And he graciously ministered to them. Even though he knew that most of the people wanted only his healing power, and not his salvation. <clears throat> Jesus decided to withdraw to the wilderness for prayer and to spend time with his heavenly father. We need to do that regularly too. He often left crowds and slipped away into a quiet place for these reasons. How might we apply this teaching to our own lives? Just a quick comment. Jesus continually showed compassion For everyday people. Are we just so busy with our lives? Are we showing compassion to our neighbour? Everyday people. He had the willingness and power to cleanse all those who came to him for healing. Indeed, Jesus often went out of his way to help these people and so should we. Let us ensure that you and I too make the time to be with everyday people. They are not unimportant. They need to know Christ. They need to know the gospel and to minister to their needs. Isn't this an important part of our church and of each one of our lives? Final parts. Jesus heals a man who was paralyzed and forgives his sins remarkable. In Mark 2, 1 to 12, recorded the story of Jesus healing a paralyzed man. The story is also found in Luke, chapter 5, verses 17 to 26. Morning, Josh. Morning. Jesus had returned to Capernaum. And we're staying in the home of simon and andrew again what a lovely place to be Got your bible to mark chapter 2 verse 1. guess who were who was in the house with jesus <clears throat> it was a big crowd the pharisees were there and the teachers of the law of moses they were checking out on him were sitting there In the home, see Luke 5.17. There they are. The Pharisees were one of four religious groups within first century Judaism, and we have them today. We've got all these mixed religious groups amongst us. They had the goal of keeping the people faithful to the law of Moses. The Bible says, you must do this. Don't do that on Sunday. Don't do this. That's the way I was brought up as a kid. I defied them and went dancing. (laughs) They had the goal of keeping the people faithful (laughs) to the law of Moses. (laughs) They attempted to achieve this goal by developing numerous traditions that ruled on how the law of Moses was to be applied to various situations so common today. They were not popular. In fact, very few Jews were Pharisees, but they did yield quite a bit of influence with Judaism. The teachers of the law were also present. They were called the scribes. And they also supported the development of these extra-biblical traditions. The great desire of the Pharisees and scribes was to understand and magnify God's law and apply it to their daily lives. I lived in a group which was very strong fundamentalists. I have never seen a Christian group, I'm pretty sure, they, who hated each other so much. I almost gave up the faith I had in Christ. Lord, if this is what it's all about, I don't understand. <clears throat> I apply it to daily But the movement soon became quite legalistic. Please be so careful of legalism. And they lay many unnecessary burdens on the people. Luke 5.17 records that God's power was with Jesus in a very special way to heal. Jesus is teaching and healing in a home and there were great crowds that that were listening to him and following him. But they cannot get into the house where Jesus is at. But these men are not dissuaded from trying to bring this paralysed man to Jesus. Again, the determination of these men... That's faith. That's what God wants to see in our lives. Determination. These things are true. Let's act on it. They go up to the roof and let him down on a stretcher into the midst of the crowd before Jesus. To help visualise this scene properly, here is some background information. The roof of a typical house in Palestine was something flat was somewhat flat and was about six feet, two metres, above the ground. Further, there were steps that would lead up to the roof. Josh could build those quite easily. The roof typically consisted of some wood beams laid across the top of a stone or mud walls. They cut through the roofing material. (laughs) Aghast, aghast! And let the man down with his bed before Jesus. Indeed, great effort and determination was shown by these men to get this paralysed man into the presence of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, what are you doing mucking up the roof of the house? My Simon's mother-in-law is going to be really, really annoyed at you. (laughs) No lamb tonight for tea. When Jesus saw their faith, wait, what did Jesus see that showed faith? Jesus saw the great effort made by these men to access Jesus. Guys, it takes that in our lives. They would do whatever it took to make sure that this man could be before Jesus for healing. Weren't they wonderful friends? Yes, it is faith that pleases God. Just a story about time. I was in a church once. And I know this may offend some people, and it was the tradition of the church. The pastor held up a three-month-old child and said, they just christened the child. Behold, another Christian has been born into the world. I just said lovely to this man later on, what about justification by faith? We don't come to God through legal, even church, activities. We come to God through faith, do you truly believe who he is? He died on that cross for your sin. If you haven't taken that step, that's where you need to be. Yes, it is faith that honours God. When Jesus saw their faith, he said these words my friend your sins are forgiven what my friend not your heel. your sins are forgiven you why do you say that hmm now this is not why these men brought the paralyzed man before Jesus. One can easily imagine the paralyzed man thinking that he came for physical healing. But it seemed that Jesus' words have taken everyone by surprise. And here he is again, doing things which are surprising. He touched the leper, not allowed. He healed on the Sabbath, not allowed. That's not God's way. Your sins are forgiven. Immediately, the Pharisees and scribes <laughs> question Jesus, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? That's our theology. That's the way our church works. You've got it wrong. We know their hearts were so hard to God. Jesus does something to get the wheels of the Pharisees and scribes' minds turning. Jesus does not simply heal the paralysed man. The point is to get the people to think who is this person who is saying he can forgive sins? Who is Jesus? The question you and I need to look at so closely. The point the Pharisees and scribes make is correct only God can forgive sins, no one else has the ability right or power to forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus seizes on this thought and reveals who he truly is. Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? Which is easier? Get up and walk, isn't it? You can see it, can't you? Think about this question for a moment. Which is easier to say? Is it much easier to say your sins are forgiven you? Because the claim cannot be visually verified. If I say your sins are forgiven, no one knows if the sins have been forgiven. But if you say to a paralysed person, get up and walk, this is far more difficult because he will be able to see if the person has been healed or not. Yeah? This is the point Jesus is making as we notice in verse 10. So that people would know that Jesus has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Do you know that? he told the paralysed man, Mark 2.1, get up, pick up your stretcher and go home. Immediately, (laughs) the paralysed man gets up, (laughs) picks up the stretcher and walks right out of the house, going on to his own home. What a lovely scene. Do we see what Jesus did? To prove that Jesus can do the easier thing, forgive sins, he did the greater thing, healing a paralyzed man. The healing shows that Jesus' words of forgiveness are not empty words. The paralysed man's sins were forgiven. The proof of Jesus' authority to forgive sins is the miracle of healing the paralysed man. To state the issue before us another way, is Jesus' claim to forgive sins an empty word or the real thing? The healing power proves who Jesus is. Remember that the Pharisees rightly declared only God can forgive sins. Jesus has shown that He is God. Do you understand that? Do you believe that? It's a struggle in so many lives as I chair and talk amongst Christian people and non Christian people. He is God because He does give sense. That is an important truth and reality that we need to grasp and live by in our own lives. To validate this point further, notice that Jesus calls himself the Son of Man. Luke 5 24 But that you may know that the Son of Man as authority on earth to forgive sins, he says to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. The title Son of Man, you ever thought about this one? Son of Man is the favorite term that Jesus uses of himself. The reference point of this title comes from Daniel. The book of Daniel, the Old Testament book of Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 to 14. I saw in the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man. He appeared to Daniel. 600 years this is before the birth of Christ. He came to the ancient of days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. The Son of Man is the Messiah who was given all authority, glory and a kingdom from God so that everyone would serve him. Jesus just said that he is that person. He has come with power and authority and that authority includes the forgiveness of sins. The healing was immediate and the people glorified God. In Luke 5.26 we read, Everyone present was gripped with awe and fear. And they praised God remarking over and over again, We have seen strange things today. Thanks for your patience, we're almost there. How can we apply these wonderful teachings to our lives? Jesus clearly disclosed to the people and to the legislators that he was truly the Messiah and he is the Son of Man and he is. The healing of the paralysed man spoke to the people While quoting the Old Testament scriptures were given to challenge the religious elite. The Pharisees were the blindest of the blind. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, came to Christ. They were not (laughs) totally wiped off. Who do you say Jesus truly is? This is an important question for each one of us. Do you believe yet that he was God in the flesh. Just a couple of comments to finish up, and thanks for your patience. <clears throat> is Jesus truly God? Yes, He is. John one one, we read before anything else, there was Christ and God, with God, He was all. He has always been alive, and is Himself God. John came to realise that. He was God. One of Christ's many names is Emmanuel. You know what it means? God in the flesh. You convinced yet? In the message this morning, we have clearly seen that Jesus was able to heal. He healed the man with leprosy, even touching him get ourselves involved in muddiness of life please and heal the paralyzed man who brought to him through the roof in the house of capernaum both of these men were healed by jesus because of of the faith do you truly believe examine the evidence yes i am a sinner I need forgiveness from God. I respond. I accept Christ's death on the cross for me. Throughout these passages from Mark, Jesus clearly revealed to these people around him who he was and why he had come to earth. We have seen that Jesus had the power from God to heal and to forgive sins. Jesus has shown himself to be clearly the Holy One of God, the Son of God and the Son of Man. That's whom we worship. He revealed that he was sent by God and that he was the Messiah and that they were waiting for. Jesus also revealed that he is God and only God can forgive sins. Just a final question to us. Who do you say Jesus is? This passage also challenges us that it was the religious elite of Jesus' day who opposed him and rejected the message, yes? Beware, a loving warning to all of us, including me. Beware that we are not doing the same in our own day. Are we truly Christ's followers and excited to hear his word and to follow in his ways? The world desperately needs Christians who are alive. Yes you will be persecuted, yes you may even be executed. The world needs to know. Lord thank you for your word. Just humbly pray the Holy Spirit may take these wonderful truths, apply them to our lives in Jesus' name.